invite you to take your Bibles and follow along as I read today. I'm inviting you to turn to Hebrews chapter 1 as we begin a number of weeks walking through the book of Hebrews. The series is entitled, Who is Jesus? And we'll be looking at a lot of the different ways that the book of Hebrews helps us to understand the character and nature of God as revealed through Jesus Christ. And I, uh, I, I saw before we dive in, I wanted to say thank you to Ashley for being our harpist today and for Joyce, our flautist today, and for the choir doing such a beautiful, beautiful work in our anthem today. So thank you so very much. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you to our team back in the back. Y'all all look back, and if you can turn your neck around. Look back there. You see Gary at the sound booth. Is Norman back there too? He is. There's the other hand. Shirley, raise your hand. Don, you're there too. Raise your hand, sir. Okay, there, there they are. They work tirelessly to help us with all of our projection that goes on in the sanctuary. So all of the scriptures and the song lyrics and the words and everything that you see happening regarding multimedia and sound uh, come through the work that they do and the others there are others who volunteer as well in both of the services that we have and Philip thank you for your leadership over all of that I know today was the launch of our awakening service and it was just a beautiful time and I know our projectionist and sound team especially did a lot of preparation to help that to, to uh, launch today and also help us to worship as, as, as well and we want to thank all of our teams who are involved in helping us exalt God and glorify the name of Jesus. Okay. Listen now as we read together. Hebrews, I'm just going to read verses 1 through 4 of chapter 1 because of our time today. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom also He made the universe. The Son, meaning Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After He had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So He became as much superior to the angels as the name He has inherited is superior to theirs. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As a parent, over the years we try to help Isabella in you know, her studies and these kind of things. We only have one child, so everything is new for us. So every year is the first for us. And so she's in high school now and I've been reacclimated with ancient history, world history one for the freshmen. And one of the things, and I, uh, you know, to help quiz her and things like that, one of the major attributes that she's learning is how people communicated in the ancient civilizations. At first, people spoke in sounds and expressions, and then speech came along, and at some point, it could be shouted and uh, proclaimed through a ram's horn so that the words could go farther. And in particular, this, this uh, first nine weeks, we've learned about the people of Mesopotamia and Egypt and China 
and how those ancient peoples were among the very first to develop a written language system. If you continue along on the timeline, it shows the increased use of things like stone and clay and papyrus and parchment and paper, which were then made into tablets and scrolls and printed booklets, all to communicate with one another before the printing press. Then came along the printing press, which changed everything and set off what we as Christians know as the Protestant Reformation in the uh, posting of Martin Luther's 95 Theses on the doors at the church in Wittenberg. Communication from the early 1500s remained very, very much the same for several hundred years. Then the telegraph came along in the 1830s, followed by the first commercially successful typewriter in the 1860s. In his attempt to develop a speaking telegraph, Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. Then came the phonograph, the radio, silent movies, and in the 20s, silent uh, movies with sound, and then television in the late 20s, and then in the early 60s, fast-forwarding, the cassette player. Students, just ask your folks, and they can explain that one to you. Like me, some of you might have communicated when you were kids by stringing together a couple of Campbell soup cans and walking across the yards and or um, in one house string to the other house if you're that close and to communicate to each other. People are always trying to find ways to communicate. Later, IBM developed the Selectric typewriter. Then cordless phones came along. Then the personal computer and the software to operate it. And everything changed. Some of you remember when the cell phone emerged. Our first cell phone, when Melanie and I were first married, was a bag phone. It was, it was an audio box bag phone, like big, big as a, a lunchbox, a big lunchbox. And it had a phone that was tethered by a cord to the base. It was so large that we had to keep it on the floorboard of the passenger side of the vehicle. Things have really changed with modern technology like wireless communications now. Of course, we have the internet and the World Wide Web, the iPhone, and all that has brought, enables us to use modern technology to communicate like never before. At one point a long time ago, a message could be only shared only as far as you could shout, and now you can text or FaceTime someone no matter where they are around the world. It's a communications timeline. But if we pause just a second, we've missed something. The list is not complete. Let me say that we've missed someone. Genesis 1, 1 and following. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And, verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Throughout the creation narrative, the writer of Genesis described the process of creation. And God said, let there be, and there was. God said, let there be, and there was. God spoke creation into being. So as people of God, 
we must look back to the beginning to see the emergence of God's communication because God spoke everyone and everything into being. This tells us that we have a God that is so powerful that God's very word changes everything. God went on to create the world as we know it, and God said it was good, it was very good. So we have God speaking through creation when we look out at the natural world, at the heights of the mountains and at the mighty oceans, and even down at the molecular and cellular levels of all that exists, we cannot help but to get this message of a loving God who spoke creation into being. God has spoken. God continues to speak to us today. God has something to say. God is always trying to get our attention. So we would say, therefore, that God is a God who communicates, if you're taking notes. If you look back at the first verse in Hebrews 1, it reminds us that our God is a God who communicates. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. God is a God who communicates. This divine speech was mediated or mouthed by the prophets. God also used angels, His messengers, to speak to people in those ancient days. God having arranged creation in the most creative act of communication ever now does something equally as creative. God uses human beings to speak to their own kind. God sends the Holy Spirit among them and makes announcements and proclamations, sets boundaries, establishes nations, counsels kings, and sets God's agenda. So God does pretty much everything that can be done to give the human family what we need so that we might walk faithfully and humbly doing what is kind and is just. The greatest of these prophets as we study back in the Old Testament, was Moses. Through Moses, the law of God from creation forward was given. What God desired was codified and chiseled into those stone tablets. Through his prophets, God, like through his prophet Moses, God called out a nation. God created a community of faith, the people of Israel, which God, through which God would express his nature and his love. There are other prophets as you continue through the Old Testament. Elijah and Elisha and Nathan and Isaiah, Jeremiah, and the list goes on as you read through the Old Testament. God spoke through these prophets. God communicated. God has always been a highly communicative God. God's pattern has not been to withdraw into a God cave to refuse to speak to us. On the contrary, God has always been eager to engage with us, to connect with us, His children. We are not left just to fend for ourselves. The biblical witness affirms again and again that God relentlessly seeks to communicate and connect with His human offspring. And like me and like all of us, we as God's children rebelled. So God did one last thing. And everything changed. God's clearest communication comes through Jesus, His Son. God sent us His Son when people wouldn't listen to the prophets or the other messengers that God would send. Finally, God said, I'm going to have to go down there. And God took upon flesh and became 
a living human being that could interact with others and, and share the same language so that people might understand who God was, who God is. As Amanda, our pastor of children and families, has said so often explaining this, that God put on skin and bones and came to live with us to move about in human society. This is what theologians call the incarnation, that God took on human flesh. Philippians 2 and John 1 are examples of a scripture that further articulates this. Everything changed in Jesus Christ. The world got turned upside down. God's arrival on planet earth and through a little Jewish settlement south of Jerusalem was the tipping point in human history. Jesus was known as the Son of God. He was the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being in verse 3 of chapter 1 of Hebrews. This Jesus was superior in both his work and in his being to the prophets, to the created natural and natural world, and even to the angels in heaven. The English translation of exact representation comes from the Greek word charakter. It's where we get the English word character. The literal term in the Greek means engraving stick. It was an instrument that was used for engraving or carving or etching. Later it came to be a seal or a stamp that referred to sovereignty or ownership. Printing companies still use engraving plates today to make big, to, uh, to run on press, to produce magazines and so forth. Or if you were a child, you might remember when you were uh, maybe a preschool class or one of your uh, vacation Bible school times where your teacher would take a plate with plaster of Paris that was wet and then would help you press your hand down in it and let it sit there for a few minutes and then slowly pull your hand out and your hand, your exact imprint of your hand was in the plaster and it would dry and then like at my house, my mom, she hung it on the wall and it had my name on it. This is the exact imprint of, of your hand. The Scripture is telling us that Jesus is the exact imprint of the Father. In the Old Testament, a king would use a signet ring to seal a document or a decree. It had his personalized, unique signet, none like any other. This is what Hebrews is telling us. The message version of the Bible says that the Son, Jesus, perfectly mirrors God and is stamped with God's nature. The Amplified Version says, and the exact representation and perfect imprint of His Father's essence. The King James is the express image of God's person. In summary, we might say, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Jesus was human, but not only human. Since he was a human being and subject to all the tests and trials and tribulations that human beings suffer, he was, with, uh, he was without sin and able to overcome all of that. As a human, he was our brother in every respect. And as our brother, he was able to represent us and shoulder all of our wrongdoing upon himself. No prophet, no angel was in any position to do that. Jesus was superior to all of them. So God gives us his clearest communication 
through His Son, Jesus Christ. This tells us that God is not absent in the world. That God is not in a cloud somewhere. That He is with us. And that we can know Him through the communication through Jesus Christ. He wants us to pay attention to His message. The writer of Hebrews says, let us pay attention to His message. In the first part of chapter 2, we see some of the background of our lectionary passage today. The lectionary reading actually starts at verse 5 and goes through 12, which echoes Psalm 8 that you heard Richard read. But if you look back at the first part of chapter 2, the writer says we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, that we do not drift away. And whenever you and I see a therefore in the Scripture, we have to ask, what's it there for? There's a point that's being made. And here the writer is saying, you've heard me, you've heard me write to you to tell you, to remind you that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father, that Jesus and the Father are the same and the same essence and the same being. Now pay attention to the message of Jesus. Therefore, means that it's very important. He says, do not drift away from what you've been taught. Do not drift away from the message of Jesus Christ. Do not drift away from the way that we are to love God and love others as ourselves. To love our neighbor as ourselves. Don't drift away from this message of salvation. It's like uh, when the word drift away refers to how a, a person can be in a river and float down and drift away from their base. When we're at the beach in the summer, Isabella and I will be swimming in the ocean and always look for Melanie's umbrella and make sure that we keep her in sight, especially when she was younger. And the current would take us downstream and then we have to swim back up so that we are in line with that umbrella and where she's sitting. It's easy to drift away from the message of Jesus. And God is calling us back. It's like we're tethered uh, through the grace of God and the love of Jesus, and He continuously pulls us back unto Himself. We don't want to drift away from what we've been taught, and we don't want to neglect the salvation that God affords us in Christ Jesus. Don't miss out on all the blessing. Don't miss out on the good news that God loved you so very much that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, Whenever you trust Him, when you believe in Him, you will not perish or be separated from God eternally, but you will have eternal life, says the Scriptures. The writer of Hebrews is concerned about the eternal souls of the people who are hearing this message. Most scholars believe Hebrews is a sermon. He's concerned that they don't hear this message. He wants them to hear it. He doesn't want them to neglect the salvation that is afforded to us through Jesus Christ. He wants us to pay attention to the good news that has been revealed. Verse 3 of chapter 2. How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. And then verse 11. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. We are children of God. We have the opportunity to be part of the family of God when we become Christians. 
God loves us and has called us heirs and has given us all of the abundance and all of the privileges that come along with receiving His grace. He loves you and me so much that He spoke us into being. So much that He came to earth as Jesus Christ and died on the cross that we might live and be called children of God. May we remember this God who spoke and still speaks. May we remember this God who came in the form of Jesus Christ and still comes. Today He is present with us and we remember His presence and His sacrifice by taking bread. Remembering that Jesus met with His disciples the night He was betrayed and took bread and gave thanks and broke it and said, this is My body given for you. As often as you meet together, take it, eat, this do in remembrance of Me. And then Jesus took the cup and He blessed it and poured it out saying, this is My blood shed for you for the remission of your sins and the sins of many. This is the new covenant in My blood. As often as you meet together, take it and drink. This do in remembrance of Me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the coming of the Son of Man.